says we're live. We'll see what happens. Guys, in the live chat, if we're live, let us know. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 64 fight card. We're going to give you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our fantasy plays. But before we jump in, head on over to wewantpicks.com and become a premium member. The first thing it does is just show support for us, the content that we give you and everything else, because it's only $10 a month. The second thing it does is give you access to every single one of our bets the second we place them, our picks, the second we place them. It gives you access to all of our fantasy plays and a DraftKings optimizer. You get all of that and support the channel for only $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. And if you want 50 bucks, all you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. I just cleaned out all of October. Anybody who signed up in October and made a deposit should have gotten their 50 bucks today. If you did and you didn't, let me know or check your email because there may have been an issue with what you sent me, but everybody's been paid. Wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up, make a deposit. I will send you $50 as a thank you. Jakey boy, tricky card. Tricky card. Couple of weird fights. We lost one of the better fights on the card, Jolton Almeida. But I think we're going to be good. And it sounds like we might lose three. We might lose three more because there are fighters. If you guys did not know, there are fighters. I was trying to get an update, but there are fighters stuck in Brazil. This one, Tamaris, is one of them. Uh, Pauliana Viana is one. And then um, Amanda Lemos, the main event. They are stuck in Brazil. They cannot get out of Brazil because of political unrest. They're canceling flights like crazy. They're supposed to try and get out tonight at 11 o'clock. We'll see if they end up doing that. If not, it is going to be a bad, bad issue. And if he, even if they can, now everything is delayed. Um, now they got to worry about that. Now the weight cuts. I got to do start with the weight cuts on the plane. I assume. I mean, this is a uh, a losing bad weight bad week. Very losing weight in a plane is very very hard thing to do. Yeah. Very so and uh, yeah, and I got to address too one thing real quick because we had a couple fighters come at me last week. Congratulations, first of all, to Cody Durden. He came at me on Twitter. This is nothing new. We've had fighters do this before, respond to our videos. But Cody Durden said, "I'm going to prove you wrong, Jacob," which made no sense at all because I picked him to win the fight. I even said that <laughs> I thought he was going to be the favorite in that fight. But then he went, he won. Congratulations, we both got that uh, fight correct. And then we had. Um, uh, uh, Joseph Holmes. Holmes. Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes literally said he was going to beat my ass in, in, in a general terms because I said he sucked. That dude is the most sensitive dude I've ever seen. Him. All I said was he sucked. All I said all, was he all, sucked. All I said. <laughs> it's not like I went after his family. Say. It's not like I'm like he's a, a complete piece of shit. He could never, you know. I, all I said was this dude kind of sucks. And guess what? Turns out he kind of sucks. I mean, the guy absolutely <laughs> laid an egg versus Park. That was the first park finish in like 15 years. So, you know, Joseph Holmes, you know, like I said in the live stream, if you don't want people saying you suck, don't suck. I'm ready for this card. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on the Holmes one. He kind of came out, you know, telling professional fighters they suck is kind of a big deal. But anyway, let's go ahead and jump into this card. We got Ramona Pascal taking on Tamiris Valdez, Valdez, Tamaris Vidal. Ramona Pascal, 6-4 overall, 3-2 in her last five. She's coming off two UFC losses in a row. Tamir's Vidal, 6-1 overall, 5-0 in her last five. She's making her UFC debut. The UFC just signed her, and I have no idea why. She's not good. She's not good. When I saw oh, this careful. matchup... Whoa, let's try to stay positive. <laughs> she might come Angel. for me. Hey, she, she hey Tamaris is doing her best with the abilities <laughs> that she has, and that's all we can, I mean, that's all we can ask from her. She 
Um, what the hell was I saying? Oh, when I went to Tapology. You were saying that she sucks. <laughs> I said she's not very good. Very different. When I went to Tapology and I saw, oh, six and one, a UFC newcomer versus Ramona, UFC is bringing in this guy or this kid to just kick the crap out of Ramona Pascal. That's what I thought this was going to be. That's what my head was like when I started watching tape. And then I was like, what the hell am I looking at? This is bad. Six and one, she should be five and two. She fought Aiden Perez. She got tossed around like nothing. And then one from some illegal, like it was... It was nonsense. That was, like anyway, was like in the back of a gym. That was a it, very weird I, setting. I, I, thought I, it was I started a watching smoker. that and I was like, I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then I was yeah. like, this is actually another fighter that I know with the twerking girl. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? It's crazy. It, it makes no sense. Anyway, style-wise, she comes forward. She throws bombs. She just tries to like hold you and drag you to the ground. But she's not very good at that. Ramona Pascal is a Muay Thai fighter. Trained in Thailand. Lived in Thailand. You know, she's a little labored sometimes. She used to have trouble with the grappling, but she's, you know, she's got two UFC, two UFC losses. She had success with the grappling in her first loss, a lot of success with the grappling in her first loss. In the second loss, she actually gasped, but she had some success in the striking and, and even uh, stunned Jocelyn Edwards. So I think Ramona Pascal is an easy pick here. I have no clue why Tamaris is the favorite. I, I literally have no idea. So Ramona Pascal is the easy favorite. The only reason I don't have a money line bet on her is because, you know, she does have two losses in the UFC and she gassed hard. If she didn't gas hard in the last fight, I'd feel more confident, but the gassing is a problem. What do you think, Jackie boy? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Tamaris, like I said, I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive. So I think that she does what she can do. And that is when she does get the fights to the ground, even off her back, she is, you know, somewhat dangerous. She's one of those like heel hook type, like not even like an arm bar or throw up triangle. She's like always searching to go underneath for a heel hook. And it seems like she's done it a, a couple times, but yeah, not, not much else to offer except for jujitsu off her back. I've seen her in top position before. If she can get top position, she probably can control Ramona in those positions. But I think that this is Ramona's fight to lose. I, I do not bet women's MMA. I, I urge everyone to not bet women's <laughs> MMA, but I've never been so close to placing a bet on Ramona in this fight because she is very well-rounded everywhere. And as you mentioned, she can actually strike. I've seen Tamaris throw one punch, and she cocked that thing back from about right here <laughs> and hooked it about like this. And if Ramona's anywhere near her, she should be able to come right down the pipe and hit her in the face by the time that fist gets to her. So, uh, yeah, I'm Ramona on this play. Maybe we end up looking stupid. Maybe the odds know something that we don't know. But as far as watching the film and watching tape, this Ramona's fight to lose. I will say the biggest question mark is probably Ramona coming down to 135. She is a big girl. And it was 145. Yeah. She's yeah, I mean that She's was fought all the way up at 150. Yeah, she is a big girl, so we'll see how that weight cut handles. But again, Tamaris is one of those people stuck in Brazil right now, UFC debut, so that will affect her as well. So I'm Ramona all the way. Yeah, I, I just I don't see Ramona losing this fight. The gassing, like I said, the only reason preventing the only thing preventing me from placing a bet on her is the fact that she gassed in her last fight. I I, I can't trust Fighters who don't finish that gas, right? Because Ramona's not really a finisher. I think she wins the striking exchanges, wins the grappling exchanges, but I don't think she'll get a finish. I just don't see her, you know, I, if I could trust the cardio, I'd do it. But either way, we're both on the Ramona side. Underdog to open up this card. 7,700 in DraftKings. Man, it's not a bad play because she can get the takedowns and she can get the control. She had... 
In her UFC debut, she fought a very heavy-handed striker. She had like four takedowns and some decent control time in that. I imagine there's some of that here, or she just dominates the striking. And we've seen Tamiris go watch tape. She like quits. She's not, you know, she's not all heart, all guts. She took the easy way out with those up kicks. So do you like the 7,700 or just like, listen, no women's MMA, not touching it? I actually don't mind it because unlike last week, and I think if you guys listened to our breakdowns last week and there was a lot of favorites that we weren't really high on and a lot of those favorites ended up losing. We picked some favorites, but they ended up losing. We told you guys, listen, we're making this pick, but we don't love it. On this card, I feel a little bit better about a lot of the favorites. And in this situation, the $700 might be the a good value in DraftKings because of that. You got to find an underdog you like and uh, Ramona might be one. Yeah, there's a handful on here that I like, but she's, she's probably my most confident underdog. Like I... If she was a three-to-one favorite, I don't think either one of us would be like, that's crazy. I'd be like, mm, okay. Based on the tape, that looks about right. Monkey Knife by Strike Line, 61 to 60. I, I do think it's a more a more less because I think Ramona's just going to beat Tamiris to the punch every single time. I think she'll get takedowns. I think she'll be on top. So I think Ramona Pascal lands more than 61 total strikes in this fight. It's not significant. It's total strikes. And then I think Tamiris Vidal at 60... I don't think she gets anywhere near there. I just do not see that happening. If you want to mess with that strike line, go to wewantpicks.com slash MKF. It is daily fantasy. You sign up. They will instantly match your deposit. Take some of that money. Do a more or less on this strike line. You, you agree with that more? Well, for Ramona? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Give it a shot. Wewantpicks.com slash MKF. They'll match the deposit. So use the free money. And if you lose, who cares? It was their money. Next up, at UFC Vegas 64, we got Jake Hadley, who was a very highly like touted prospect. I'm surprised they threw him this early on the card, honestly. But we got Jake Hadley taking on Carlos Candelario. Jake Hadley, 8-1 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off the grappling heavy loss to Alan Nascimento. Carlos Candelario, 8-2 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He's coming off two losses in a row. This is another interesting fight. I do think Jake Hadley wins this fight. I think these odds are correct with what we have seen today from Carlos Candelario. But that dude, before his four-year layoff, was a dog. He was gritty. He was tough. He would work you to the ground. And just ever since that four-year layoff, he had four years off because of some injuries, just some life stuff. He just hasn't been the same. He's coming off that loss to Tyra Tatsuro, where... You know, he didn't look good, he didn't look awful, and we just saw how good Tyra actually is, so maybe you can take something from that loss. But, you know, typically speaking, Carlos has some good boxing, he's got some good jujitsu, and he wants to get you to the ground, set it up with the boxing. Jake Hadley's got very solid boxing with good timing, decent takedowns, aggressive BJJ, he's very well-rounded, and had a bunch of, you know, regional titles before making it to the UFC. I think Jake Hadley wins this fight, I think these odds are appropriate. I, I think, unfortunately for Carlos, he's a Northeast guy. I'm a Northeast guy. I just think that four-year layoff, it just took something out of him, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to compete at this level. Since then, what do you think, Jacob? Uh, I'm a big Carlos guy. As you mentioned, he is he is one of those hard-nosed, tough dudes, just a relentless wrestler-type guy. Um, and he's kind of been fed to the wolves. I mean, he, he he's the only person, I think, to lose the Contender Series fight, and still get a contract. It was a split decision. He showed how tough he was. They gave him a contract and a loss, and then they fed him Tatsuro, 
And he, he, he survived that. And a lot of people aren't going to survive a fight with Tatsuro. And now they're giving him Jake Hadley. I feel bad for the guy because he was against a guy that can outgrapple him. And now he's against a guy that's definitely the better striker in Jake Hadley and can kind of scramble out of position. So Jake was held to the ground in his last fight. But you could see he knew what he was doing, right? He was still working scrambles, working submissions off his back, throwing up triangles. And against Carlos, I don't think Carlos is going to have the same control in this fight. And if it goes to the ground... I think Jake's going to be able to scramble either back to his feet or to a top position because he's also very, very good in the jiu-jitsu as well, not so much in the wrestling. This needs to be a Cody Durden fight. I mean, this Carlos needs a Cody Durden fight, get an early <laughs> takedown, and just lay. I mean, that's pretty much all Cody Durden. I mean, just lay and lay and lay and don't let him move because that dude is going to try and squirm back to his feet. Can he do that? I think there's an outside chance, right? I think we both saw that Cody Durden had that path. Cody was a little bit more alive, and he ended up working that game plan. Carlos, I don't think, is going to be able to implement that full wrestle control type game plan. And Jake is a menace on the feet. He's got the speed advantage and the power advantage. I'm a big Jake uh, fan in this matchup. I love Carlos. It, it feels bad picking against him. I think I picked him against Tatsuro in that matchup. But uh, I got to go Jake all the way. And the odds are getting more wide. I mean, he's like a minus 250 now. I imagine he might even be minus 300 by the time the fight starts. But um, this is a, a, a confident play, especially because Carlos isn't real dangerous in his own right either. So I like Jake in this I, matchup. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, you're talking about Cody Durden laying. That dude can definitely lay. Have you seen his wife? Have you seen pictures of that man's wife? Cody Durden's? Yeah, he can lay. It's, I know you're, you're looking right now. I'm going to need to see your hands at all times. He can lay. That doesn't happen by accident. Anyway, we're on the same page here. Carlos Candelario, if he just grapples first, heavy, 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 come forward, diving at legs, doing anything possible to get it to the ground, he can Ellen Nascimento his way to a win. I don't think he can do that. He does average a good amount of takedowns. He's had some success. I just don't think he's going to be able to get that. I saw it on Twitter, if that's where, if that's where you're. I'm on his Instagram. Yeah, you find it yet? I mean, okay, relax. Jeez. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you know, okay. I, you know, I, I'm being nice. I'm being nice. Anyway, we're both on the same side here. I will say, though, I think $9,200 is probably a little much. I do think Jake Hadley wins, but there is a clear path for Carlos. I don't know if he's going to push that path, but there is a clear path there. So the 9200 does worry me a bit because you're going to need a stoppage to make that worth it. Carlos is not a guy you're just going to put out. Did I, I mean, did I just derail you? Like, for, like is, this, is this a rabbit hole? Well, you told me to check it out. So, I'm, I mean, I'm doing my deep dive research. <laughs> this is the research. I mean, can I get an opinion on that? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was worried about. Just pan the camera up. Jacob's the, that guy from CNN. You know that guy from CNN that got fired because he thought his camera was off? Yeah, there it is. Just let him finish. It's like a dog. Just let him finish. Okay. You done? Come back. All smiles. Relax. Ready to go. <laughs> Dude, uh, I compared you to that guy from uh, CNN that got canned because he just started going at himself with the Zoom camera on in the middle of a company meeting. And then really? he got his job. Yeah, and then he got his job back. They suspended him. And like six weeks later, he's just at work again. I could hmm. never look at those people again. That would be How weird. could you? 
The only thing I remember like, is when, um, like the I think it was the Alabama national championship game when they zoomed in on somebody's girlfriend and what's his name? The old dude was like, "Oh, look at her!" <laughs> and just started like going like a thir- like a thirty second like, "Oh, like relax, old man." Uh, I mean, people get creepier as they get older. That's for sure. Anyway, we're both on the Jake Hadley side. I mentioned while I think he wins ninety two hundred dollars might be a little rich for my DraftKings blood. What do you think? What'd you say? 92? No, no, I like it. I like it. Because Carlos is super dangerous, and he can get reversals. If he gets taken down, reversals are five points, and he should be able to dominate the striking as well. And he's very dangerous in the jiu-jitsu as well. He's been doing jiu-jitsu his whole life. So, The only thing that worries me about it is Carlos is so tough, I don't see Jake necessarily stopping him. So you're going to need the takedowns and the control time for that to be worth it. That's the only thing that worries me there. But uh, anyway, sometimes if you're you com- can add, I mean, sometimes you can score more points when somebody is tough. Right with with more. If you're getting the takedowns, more... yes, yes, yes. Well, shit. Uh, what's shit. his name? Well, what's shit. That skinny dork being kind of tough Jacob. ended up scoring a million points for oh. Steve Garcia because he just kept standing up after getting dropped, and that was ten points every time. What? A oh, fucking, Chase Hooper. Yeah, absolute dweeb that guy is. And Not it's so annoying. Bec- it's so annoying because you don't even need. Knowing about this sport is what makes, is why we all got that pick wrong. Because anybody in the world could just see pictures and be like, no, no, that guy loses. And then that's it. And he lost exactly how if you looked at him, you'd be like, yeah, that, that, that's the well, guy I don't, that I don't know if Yeah, I don't know if you heard my rant Saturday, <laughs> but I said, listen, damn it, Chase. You need to implement, listen, you're Ryan Hall. I get it. You tried to strike. Doesn't fucking work, man. You got to implement the Ryan Hall game plan, and that is distance, distance, distance. The second they get into your COVID zone, that six-foot zone, you got to roll. You just got to start rolling so they can't punch you in the face. That is the only way to survive with those uh, abilities from now on. Ryan it Hall was absolute. It was an absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Anyway, we're not talking about that fight. We're talking about this fight. Next time, if a dude's built like a 12-year-old, maybe don't put some money on him. To like win Jake. a fist fight against a grown man. Oh, we do have chest hair. We? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Jake's got chest hair. That's the chest hair j- jinx. Joseph Holmes came in with a mustache and the chest hair, so there was no fucking chance he would win that <laughs> Double fight. Jinx. Um, anyway, monkey knife fight, strike line 51 to 48. I think that hits. I think that hits. I think we have a more and more here. Both of these guys are tough. They're going to go at it. They're going to swing away. We're going to have grappling. We're going to have striking. I love that strike line. We on picks.com slash MKF. Play them more, more. I'm very confident that that will hit, and they'll instantly match your deposit. So take the free money, turn it into some earned money. Does yeah, like the stream too, by the way. Jesus. That's all we ask. Well, no, we ask well that's, not, that's all I ask. We, we, we ask for a lot. I actually, I, while we're asking for things, if you guys want to become a premium member at wewantpicks.com, that'd be helpful as well. Thank you so much. And next up at UFC Vegas 64, we have Johnny Munoz Jr., former lock of the week shame, taking on Ludwig Shalinian. Johnny Munoz Jr., 11-2 overall, was just 11-1 pretty recently. He is 3-2 in his last five. He's coming off the very quick knockout from Tony Gravely. Ludovic- I mean, that, let me just interject. <laughs> that was the most... Johnny Munoz Jr. right now goes down as the most embarrassing lock of the week loss 
of all time. That was in my stretch of so four fast. straight lock of the week losses, just dance around, and literally the one inch, the Bruce Lee one inch punch. Tony Gravely hit him from here to here. Lights out. I mean, I've never seen someone get knocked out that fast with such a short shot. Incredible. That was the worst lock of the week of all time, Johnny Munoz Jr. I will never forgive you. I will never forgive you. So, from from a wrestler. I'm a little bit biased. To, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but go ahead. <laughs> well, he's taking on Ludovic Shalinian, who's 9-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in his last five. He's coming back after a year away. Johnny Munoz bouncing back after a very quick knockout to be you know, uh, more than a two-to-one favorite is pretty interesting. I do think Johnny wins. I think he's the more dangerous fighter because of his BJJ, because of how hard he throws his punches. I think it's still a close fight. Ludovic could come forward. He can work takedowns. Even if he doesn't get the first few, he's just going to continue shooting, continue working until he eventually gets one. And if he gets a takedown, I'm talking about Ludovic here, if he gets a takedown, that dude is like skin. He is hard to shake. So I think Johnny wins. He has solid takedown volume. He's got solid power in his hands. I think Johnny wins this fight. I see people in the in the live chat talking about he's a lock. Absolutely not. Is Johnny Munoz a lock? Absolutely not. I think he wins because he's the more dangerous of the two. But Ludovic can get a takedown and just ride that out. So, you know, potentially, potentially... A decent underdog play there. What do you think, Chicky boy? Yeah, I am a little bit biased, but I think that I think it really is a real thing that that for forever right now is a red flag for Johnny Munoz Jr. Get, to get knocked out on a shot like that. That is a huge red flag from from the rest of his fights. I mean, you, I, I can't trust him. I don't know if anyone else wants to trust him. I can't trust that chin until I see it again and see him take a shot because that was so wild. Yeah. How little or light of shot that was to drop him. And I will say, you mentioned the year layoff for, for Ludwig. I would encourage everyone. I do the deep dives on the Instagrams. I, I do it for guys and girls. I, I don't, I don't uh, discriminate. I did it for Ludwig. Look at his last two posts. He does not look like that anymore. He does not. And there is a, there is a, um, a thing when people show physical transformations, one of the big things we go back to, or what I go back to, is Brian Battle, right? Brian Battle completely changed oh, yeah. and looked like a completely new person. Ludovic on his Instagram does not look like that. He looks like a completely new person. Like he spent the last year working on his game because that last fight. I think he was a little bit embarrassed in that fight. He's supposed to be this Ukrainian national wrestler. He he came into the fight saying nobody can take me down, and then all of a sudden he was getting taken down left and right. I don't know if Johnny Munoz Jr. is going to be able to get those takedowns. A lot of his takedowns are timed off of over-aggression in striking, and I don't think Ludovic's that type of dude. And Johnny Munoz Jr. in, like, open mat takedowns against a, a, a national champion wrestler, whatever his you know credentials are, I don't think he's going to be able to get them. If it does go to the ground, Johnny Munoz Jr., very, very live. I mean, he's, he is one of those super, super dangerous guys you could not go to the ground with, but... I think Ludovic can keep this on the feet. And for what I've seen on his Instagram, it looks like he's improving his striking. I mean, those look, I mean, I know, I know it's just hitting mitts. It's just with your coach. You're not against somebody, but his hands look fast. They look crisp, throwing some kicks in there. And physically, he looks like a completely different person. So I am a little bit biased because I do have crazy hate for that son of a bitch, Johnny Munoz Jr., for ruining my lock of the week. But I'm going with Ludovic here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I think Munoz wins because of uh, everything I mentioned before. But I'm not going to argue with a Ludovic pick here at all. $8,700. Okay. While I think he wins, $8,700 means 
He's getting a submission, right? It's not quite the 9,000 range, but it's close. And Ludovic is, is solid. He's not just necessarily going to quickly get submitted. And if he gets his own takedowns, he's riding that out. So I'm definitely not going to play him in DraftKings. What were you going to say? Yeah, and the reason Johnny Munoz Jr. was lock of the week against Tony Gravely was because if it goes to the ground, he should dominate. And I thought, oh, well, Tony Gravely is one guy that really wants to get the fight to the ground, so that's going to be easy for Johnny Munoz Jr. Even off his back, he can do some weird things, win some scrambles. I don't know if Ludovic's going to engage in the wrestling. I think he's smarter than that. Keep it on the feet, test the kid's chin, and kind of ride it out like that. So, I mean, Johnny Munoz Jr., it's kind of a Hail Mary or... I, Minus 230, whatever he is for a, a Hail Mary submission is like... It's crazy. I mean, God bless you for it. No, it's it's absolutely crazy. I completely agree with you. I, like I said, I think he wins, but this is closer to a pick than anything. And I'm just the more active guy who has more ways to win. Ludovic wins one way. Gets a takedown, rides you out. He's like skin. Johnny can knock you out. He does have power in his hands. He can catch you on the ground. But yes, he's not a methodical guy that's going to... Bang, bang, bang. I think Ludovic wins the standing. I mean, I think he wins the standing. I don't think he needs the takedowns to win this fight. I mean, he may be the more technical striker. But I mean, Johnny throws hard. I hope he but. does because he's going he's gonna to fucking catch one again. <laughs> A woman scorned. An absolute woman scorned right now. Uh, anyway, I'm not touching this monkey knife fight strike line because I don't know how this is going to go. So we're going to go ahead and leave that strike line alone. What we might want to do is check out some takedown props when those drop from Bet Online. That's usually the normal props drop on Tuesdays. It's like Wednesday, Thursday, they start dropping those takedown props. We'll see what those look like, but even then, it, this fight is just too, too many questions. You think there's any action to put here or probably not? Uh, nah. Yeah, I don't think. There's no reason to force anything. So, especially with the way judges have been lately, what an absolute I mean, honestly, scam. this might be a does not go the distance at plus 155. I don't know if you were talking bets or not, but it yeah. feels like Johnny either finds a submission or gets knocked out, in my mind. I mean, I know I'm a little bit biased in it, but 150, plus 155 seems like a, a unit flyer opportunity. Yeah, that's potential. Or even Ludovic as the underdog inside the distance, decision, no action. But the problem is Johnny can catch. The only way Johnny could win is if he catches him and something. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to touch it. There's no reason to put money on every single one of these fights. Well, unless you're uh, me on the live streams, and we do that. But it's true. We have a lot of check fun. out check out Jacob's fight companions. He literally places a bet on every single fight for you. He does it for you. And, and last and, time we hit last time we hit a plus eight hundred on the very first fight, well, the very first fight of the night. And then we had, uh, uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. Is he in here in the chat? I can't remember. Somebody was like, I'm confident. Play my bets. We're like, all right, we'll ride with you. And we just hit like unbelievable amount of bets. So we had a lot of fun Saturday. Always, always a lot of fun. Yeah, those uh, those Fight Companion live streams actually are a pretty good time. Sometimes I'll just watch Silent. All right, shut up. Pollyanna, we have Pollyanna <laughs> Viana. <laughs> Next up at UFC Vegas 64, we got Pollyanna Viana taking on Jin you fry. Pollyanna Viana is one of those fighters stuck in Brazil. That may affect your breakdown. We'll talk about that in a minute. She's 12 and 5 overall. 2 and 3 in her last five. She's coming off the one-sided loss to Tabitha Ricci. Jin Yu Fry is 11 and 7 overall. 2 and 3 in her last five. Coming off the very close loss to Vanessa Demopoulos. Uh, yes, red in the back. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier before this fight started that you mentioned Pollyanna stuck in Brazil. Pollyanna, if if you make it to the U.S., you make it for the fight, and you need a place to stay in the U.S., 
uh, let me know. Uh, hit me up, Instagram, uh, Twitter, OnlyFans. I do have an OnlyFans.com slash the Freckled Salamander. It is live now. You can hit me up on there. Check out. Uh, see if you like what you see. Uh, but I have a place to stay if you wanted to stay in the U.S. And if you're interested in becoming a U.S. citizen, we can arrange that as well. Did um, did they actually approve your – you verified your identity? Uh, not yet. No, I got denied on OnlyFans because I put my picture as the Freckled Salamander. My name is the Freckled Salamander. And they said, you have been denied your membership or whatever it is. So I can't even make a post right now, even if I wanted to. And I've got thousands of subscribers already. Just waiting. <laughs> just absolutely waiting. Just thirsty for the eggplant emoji. Anyway, uh, this is another underdog I'm pretty confident in. I think Jin Yu Fry gets this done. I am surprised that the line is this way. Because the only way Pollyanna Viana can win a fight is throwing up a submission. And and I get it. Jin Yu Fry has been submitted in the past. But she's not just going to get submitted out of nowhere. That's not what's going to happen. That's not how she's been submitted. Ginny Fry is strong as hell. She's active. She's got all the veteran savvy. And I think she just comes forward, pushes Pollyanna against the cage, racks up control time, gets a takedown, hangs out there. It's I think it's a boring. Back. I think it's a boring. And you're just going to be taking out that. Okay. I think it's a boring decision uh, that Ginny Fry takes. And uh, I just wish I got a little better odds than plus 109. But. She's another one. I think she's great in DraftKings at $7,900. I think she wins this fight. And, you know, I, I'm surprised to see that Pollyanna Viana is such, not that she's a massive favorite, but she's an okay-sized favorite, and that's very surprising to me. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, sorry, I had to put the uh, OnlyFans link in the... Uh in the chat because people are asking. I mean, people people are asking. So, yeah, I, I see the exact same way you do it. Listen, Pollyanna... Uh, I don't even know if she's a fighter anymore. If you, if you, I, that's another one. Deep dive on the Instagram <laughs> day in, day out. I spend 24, I refresh every single hour to see the next post. And I'm not saying that it's bad that she's, she's doing that angle, right? She's promoting herself. She's, she's doing stuff that isn't fight related. That's fine. I have no, trust me, Polly, I have no issues with what you're doing <laughs> on the gram, but not a lot of training videos. It doesn't seem like her game has evolved a, a, a lot, right? She came in as like the arm bar type girl, and a lot of girls transition, right? The, the, they are that, right? I mean, we saw Mackenzie Dern, and then they start working on other aspects. They come a better striker. They did this. It seems like she's just stuck in what she is, and that is on her back, throwing up triangles, trying to get that arm bar. She is a decent striker. She does throw hands, not a lot of power. She has, to, has some powerful kicks that she will throw, but there's just not a lot of evolution in her game. And as she moves up the ranks, if she wins fights, she's going to run into people like Jin Frey, which isn't going to put up with that. As you mentioned, she's, she's been here before. She knows what's to expect. And that's Pollyanna is going to throw kicks. She might try to pull guard. And when she gets in guard, she's going to try to get the overhook. And she's going to try to get a triangle. And she's trying to try and get an arm bar. And Jin Frey should see this from a mile away. Doesn't mean she can't get it, right? Because things happen. But... I agree with you 100%. This should be Jin Frey's fight to lose, honestly. Just keep it standing. If it goes to the ground, you know what to do. I mean, you tell Tabitha Ricci, Ricci did the exact same thing. Went to the ground. Keep the arms in. Keep it nice and tight. Control the position. Easy peasy. Lemon, let me squeeze you. <laughs> Fry, uh... Fry, um... <laughs> it was just so that was stupid. Off, that was off... The, I mean, that was off the dome, too. <laughs> it was just... It was so stupid. And the way you... Paused and then I'm like, okay, say squeezy so I can talk. And then just really, just really threw me off. Anyway, uh, Fry doesn't even need to get it to the ground for the control time. She's got that veteran savvy and all that strength. She could just get the control time against the cage, uh, like a Raquel Pennington fight. 
Just get it against the cage, well, hang out there. I mean, there, Pollyanna is a girl that will jump and pull guard if she needs to, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in Jin Yu Fry. I already mentioned $7,900 in DraftKings. I'm going to be good with that. Uh, I think, frankly, uh, now that Pollyanna Viana is stuck in Brazil, so today's travel day. Tuesday is travel day for most fighters. Then they get to the, you know, wherever they're staying on, on fight week. On a Tuesday, they have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to cut the weight. They fight on Saturday. Pollyanna's not going to get there on Tuesday. Hopefully gets there on Wednesday. I mean, things are going to be weird. Things are going to be sketchy here. I'm sure it's emotional, confusing. That's just not going to help. I already thought she was going to lose, and that just does not help. So um, we're both on the fry side. Do you have? A, do you think that's a factor? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a factor. Um, and you know, it's honestly, I was the only thing I was looking at maybe placing on this fight was an inside the distance decisional action for Pollyanna because you know I don't know I don't know if Ginny Freight's gonna finish her or whatever. Maybe TKO or maybe she gets tired because of the travel issues. But she seems like the more dangerous fighter in this matchup. That's minus two seventy five, and I'm not I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay away from that. So yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I took a look at that. That was not gonna happen. You know, and then you can go Jin Yu Fry by decision. I looked at that as well, but the odds weren't much better than this because that's the most likely outcome. Plus one twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's not much better. I just yeah. do money line at one oh nine and account right. for everything. If I'm actually, sure it's the win. exact same as the money line now. Plus one twenty five is the money line, and by points is plus one twenty five as well. So, so the money line it's going even farther for Pollyanna. It makes no. All right, so let it keep moving. A lot of simp's out there. A lot of you disgusting simp's out there just throwing your money on the the attractive <laughs> girl. It makes me sick. Let's let's try to treat these females like athletes, right? I mean, these are world class athletes at the top level. Let's show some fucking respect for these women. Speaking of respect. You guys like what we do. You appreciate the content. Become a premium member. It's $10 a month. And A, it's just a great way to show support for Big Ange and the boy. But also, it comes with all of our... Yeah, that's right. It comes with all of our bets, all of our picks, the very minute we place them. It comes with the safety parlay, which, full transparency, the last two weeks we got effed by the judges. But... We will be back on track this week. It comes with the prize picks plays before the lines move, underdogs before the lines move, and a DraftKings optimizer. All the content in the world. We're adding every single month, whatever you vote on, we add it. It'll always be $10. It's a way to show support, and you get all that stuff. We want picks.com at the top. Click. If you guys would just all sign up, he would stop saying it. That okay? is true. You know, what, you know what kills me? The people who and like watch- the stream, like the stream. Fuck. The people who watch the quick pick videos, which all the everything on YouTube is free, obviously. We break down every fight, give you our picks, our insider analysis for nothing. It costs nothing for all of that. The people who watch those free videos and then complain, oh, Angelo with the ads. You just got everything you were looking for and it cost you nothing. Do you yell at the TV and a commercial pops on? I don't understand. Uh, it makes no sense. And I, I signed up for, I mean, sign up, just get YouTube premium. I mean, it's very easy. I guess your ads are different, but. My ads are different. Yeah. yeah you no, can't I'm skip. Those are non-skippable. Well, and you know what's funny? Out of respect for the people and to not be greedy, I have turned off mid-video <laughs> ads. No, that's sorry. Eric Franklin said, Angelo keeps showing up in my dreams trying to sell me memberships. Like a crackhead, just scratching. Um, anyway, we on picks.com. Become a premium member. Next up at UFC Vegas 64 is one of my most confident picks. We got Mario Batista. I, I, that was not great. 
Maybe it's Big Jake and the boy. <laughs> we got we to flip it. That's why you're on top. My voice squeaked. Your video goes on top bottom. now. Okay, settle down. Mario Batista is taking on Benito Lopez. Mario Batista is 10-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He is riding a two-fight win streak. Benito Lopez is 4-1 in his last five. Coming back after just a very brief three-year layoff. And honestly, if this fight was three years ago, I'd probably read it somewhat the same, but I wouldn't be as confident here. So obviously, I'm, I'm going Mario Batista here. First of all, he's a very, very good fighter. He's high volume. He does have a give one to get one style, you know, so he does get hit quite a bit, but he sets a really good pace. He's always coming forward. He's light on his feet. And, you know, he can work in grappling. He can work in strikes. He just took down Brian Kelleher twice and then submitted him in less than a half a round. Benito Lopez is kind of wild. He, he praises himself on being wild, which is totally fine. Like, it's fun. Good for him. But I think he's a real estate agent now. So I don't imagine he's going to be as prepared as he should be. I don't imagine. Well, I mean, what's his name fought for a goddamn title when he was a real estate agent? And how did that work for him? I mean, he didn't, he didn't win get a finished. single fight after. He didn't win a single fight after. He didn't. He fought Khabib and didn't get finished. You're talking about Ally Aquinta. Yeah, and then Bobby Green finished him. Yeah, but he fought yeah. for a title. Fought for Khabib. Okay. Yeah, didn't and then get Bobby finished. Green finished him. Anyway, point is, you just have a thing. Let's go on. Let's talk about realtors, Angelo, and how you feel about oh, just the realtor realtors leeches. sector Absolute as a leeches. whole. Oh, it's a scam. First of all. Zillow does your job. Their whole job is getting something on the MLS. After that, Zillow they just does pictures. the rest. And it sounds like realtors it's, don't it's, even pay. They have somebody else take joke. their pictures now too. They pay somebody. They pay. They'll invest their own money to get professional pictures done. Their whole thing is get it online, get it on the MLS, let somebody else find it, and hopefully it'll sell. And anything you, if it doesn't sell, you do you think they have any creative ideas on how to sell it? No. What's the creative idea? Lower the price. That's the creative idea. Not oh we could it's it's a sham. Six percent is insane. Six percent is insane. It should be a flat fee. If you sell my house for four hundred grand, eight hundred grand, two hundred grand, it's the same amount of work. Why are you paid in percentages and not a flat fee? Anyway, Benito Lopez is going to get smoked. It's the karma of being a real estate agent leech. Three years away has. Not been putting in the time he should be putting in. Mario Batista is absolutely the pick. Benito is wild. And if he comes out the same amount of wild that he was three years ago, he could absolutely catch Mario Batista with something here. I just don't see it. The bet is definitely the under on the rounds. They set this at a two and a half. Both of these guys can be finishers. They're both busy. I don't. I can't believe they set it at a two, two and a half. And it was only what? What was it? I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm all worked up. Uh, what is it plus now? 110. I what think it was we... worse than that earlier. No, it's plus 110. Yeah, all right. So it hasn't moved. There's a free bet for you. That's been on premium. I think th I think there's a finish here for sure, and I think it's on the Mario Batista side. What do you think, Jacobo? Yeah, as I mentioned, again, Instagram, deep deep dives. Look at Benito Lopez um, compared to when he was fighting, and recently, especially a picture back in April when it looked like he hasn't seen a gym in, in two and a half years. Uh, I think that this is simply, and I could be wrong, Right, we could be wrong. I think this is simply, hey, you want to fight? We got to get a fight for you right before Christmas. Get some money for Christmas. No problem. I'll get in there, get my money, get some money for Christmas, get the kids some nice stuff. 
uh, maybe get a new car or something right before the holidays. And uh, I think that's <laughs> simply what this is. Mario Batista is a dude. I, I think that he there's you'll hear me talk about people that are absolute dudes and can be dudes in the division that can be top guys. Mario Batista is one of those dudes. I mean, he is very well rounded. His his striking is very technical. He's got power in his hands. His wrestling is very good. His his transitions in his wrestling is incredible. I mean, the speed at which he moves from position to position is unbelievable. Benito, like you said, if this was three years ago, his head, his 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 kicks, right? I mean, he's, he's got wild kicks, leg kicks, heavy kick. I mean, he would destroy the front leg of Mario Batista. Maybe he still has that in the arsenal, but I have to imagine Mario with the wrestling in his back pocket, if there is in any issues at all, he can get the takedowns and control positions and find the finish on the ground if he needs to as well. But yeah, this is one of my most confident picks on the card for a good reason. Three-year layoff. I'll never trust that. Mario's a dude. I'm all the way. I even have like other bets on premium. So if you want my other bets on Mario Batista, become a premium member, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could really sell it there. We own picks.com. Click no. premium member. You'll get all of Jacob's bets and mine. And if you're, if you are a premium, member, we have over a thousand premium members. And obviously a bunch of you are watching right now. Don't forget to link your discord. The, the discord is free for all of you. Join that contribute, you know, to bounce ideas off each other. But any members here on YouTube and on the website, link your Discord, and you'll get instant alerts to your phone. As soon as you place a bet, bang, you get an alert on your phone. So uh, that doesn't cost anything. So do that. Um, $9,100 on Mario Batista, absolutely. Minus 285, should be wider. Not touching the monkey knife fight strike line. Not touching it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, for all of you people that didn't become a premium member or haven't become a premium member, I place, I'll, I'll say it right now because it's going to give you more why. I placed a money line bet on Mario Batista four units at minus 235. This thing is going to be at minus 350. So if you aren't a premium member, too late. Yeah, it's not so. too late. But yes, yeah, it's not I too late, but the line I'm just movement. saying. No, the line movement, one. uh, 100%. Well, that's where the value goes. The line movement doesn't. Um, you agree, DraftKings, for sure. Or what? Well, you got an issue saved by the bill? <laughs> no, I like the new class. Very or not the new class, uh, college oh, years. College years, I yeah. Love. No, I like college years because I was I right like when that. I mean I was in college with her in the you know in the nineties and. <laughs> okay, sure. Anyway, um. Ninety-one hundred dollars in DraftKings done. I'm not touching no. Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line. Okay, I can't with you. We're just gonna move on here. I meant to say hell yeah, but then I was like, I got distracted. I don't know what. Sorry. Okay. Next up at UFC Vegas sixty-four, we have Miranda Maverick taking on Shanna Young. And now that we have lost the Jolton Almeida fight, Miranda Maverick is the biggest favorite on this card. This is a rebooked fight. This was supposed to happen at UFC two seventy-eight. Shanna Young had to pull out because she was hospitalized because of her weight cut. So now, just a few, what is it, a month, month and a half later, a few weeks later, all of a sudden she's going to cut weight. No issues. She figured it out. No issues. Well, if she didn't eat from then to now, I mean, that's one. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah, no, it's all set. It's it's completely It's a lot easier. I mean, you would be surprised. I know some people have issues. Be careful. But it's, it's, uh, it's easier to lose weight than you think. You just have to be motivated and dedicated and stick to a plan. That's all it takes, Angelo. Is this an intervention? Is my mom going to pop up on one of the... You have a guest in the lobby. All of a sudden, it's just like a a classroom (laughs) Zoom call. We love you, Angelo. (laughs) Yeah, just with notes. 
<laughs> I'm wiping, stealing my kids' chocolate while they're asleep after Halloween. Anyway, uh, I think Miranda Maverick wins this fight. I thought she was going to win the first time around. These odds are much wider than they were the first time around. She was a favorite. I think the weight cut debacle is what really stretched this. So she's a much bigger favorite this go around. But Miranda Maverick, she can strike. She's got forward pressure. She can get the takedown. She's super strong. She can grapple. She does wear damage. That's never great, but she does wear that damage. But she's got leg kicks. She manages range pretty well. Shanna Young is a solid boxer. She's not afraid to fight in the pocket. She's got some decent power. I just don't see her stopping these takedowns. She's coming off that loss over Gina Mazzani. She was taken down and then knocked out. And Gina Mazzani, that's not who Gina Mazzani is. So I think uh, I think Miranda Maverick's going to get the takedowns get control, get this done. Same exact thing she did in her last fight, just a little easier because she's not going to have to deal with the reach that she did when she fought Sabina Mazzo. Minus 650 is wide. I got her at minus 400 before this really started to take off. But uh, I do think Miranda wins. I'm not going to spend minus 650, but I, I, it's it's probably an appropriate line if we're just calculating what percentage chance of, you know she's going to win. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, yeah, they have fought before. Miranda choked her out like in the first round. I don't think that has any significance about this fight. And I agree. Yeah. I, hey, Jester, in the chat, I, I agree with you. I think that this is a, a complete trap fight. Should Miranda win? Absolutely. Should she dominate? Absolutely. Can she come into this fight and have some issues? Absolutely. Because I will say right now that Miranda Maverick striking is overrated. I mean, she is not very good in the stand-up. And if she cannot get the takedowns, you've seen her face get busted in before. And you've seen her get reversed even in the takedowns. So she's supposed to be this, like, dominant female fighter, like one of these top girls in the division. I think she definitely can be, especially with her wrestling. But the wrestling doesn't work in this fight. You saw her have issues with the length of the last fight. Shanna Young is just as long as the last girl she fought. And I'm not saying that Shanna is going to come in and just start beating the, the shit out of It's not the same Excuse me. I, I, she's I, just as tall. Yeah, no, but you I'm not you saying that Shanna Young is going to come fact. in. I'm not saying that Shanna Young is going to come in and just start beating her face. And all I'm saying is that if Miranda Mavic cannot get the takedowns, which I think she can, I'm not picking Shanna. I'm picking Miranda. But if she cannot get those takedowns, this fight could get very, very interesting. So I those minus 650, I think it should be like a minus 300. I think she definitely should be the favorite. She has the path to victory. But if those takedowns aren't there, this thing gets a little bit hairy, and it could go to the judges. And we all know how stupid those dumbass judges are every single week. Don't trust the judges. Don't put 650 on Miranda, guys. Don't do that. No, definitely don't. 650, the implied probability on that is 89%. So that means if you think Miranda Maverick wins 89% of the time, or, they're, or the, you know, they're giving her an 89% chance to win this fight. So the odds are probably correct because I would say, yeah, 89% chance she wins if she this should, fight. If, if she, Doesn't mean I'm going to put not, my money on that. Yeah, if, literally, if she does not dominate this fight, she's not who we thought she was. I mean, she like everyone's saying in the chat, she should she yeah. should steamroll, right? We'll see what happens. Yep. No, I completely agree. You said Shanna Young is the same height as um, five, seven, five, seven. Sabina Mazzo. It, correct. The reach is the difference. Sabina Mazzo has an incredible reach. Miranda Maverick and Shanna Young have the same reach. She's not going to have issues with the reach. I think she comes in, bullies. We both agree we think Miranda wins. I'm a little more confident than you, or at least you see uh, some red flags. I, I really don't. 
But I, I hear you, and I agree with the statement. If she doesn't dominate, then how good could she be? Because, you know, the, so she got her butt kicked by Aaron Blanchfield, who's very, very good. She lost that decision that she never should have lost. That was a bad decision to... Um, Macy Barber. What's her name? Macy Barber. And I think those are her only two UFC losses, right? So right. I'm probably wrong. That's probably an incorrect statement. But anyway, no, it is. we both think she That's wins. It's not wrong. I meant okay. it's a right discursive. Okay. We, we both think she wins. Jake is a little more hesitant than I am, but these odds have gotten a little bit out of control for sure. Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line 78 to 48. I don't know what to do with that, but I do think that this goes to a decision. And the odds do not. This is a good bet. The odds are showing minus money for under two and a half. Correct? That's a pick them. Minus 110. Does not go the distance. Okay. Is, um, is plus 100, so... So, I mean, which is surprising because, and I get it. I guess Miranda stopped her in the first fight, but that was years ago. I just, I think this is a decision. I think it's a Miranda Maverick decision. I'm not going to bet that, but uh, there's definitely money to be had if you're going to bet the over. What do you think of the $9,400 in DraftKings? Uh, Jesus, man. I mean, I think you probably do have to play her, but I, I don't love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Miranda Maverick gets the takedowns, gets the control time, potentially a stoppage. If not, definitely takedowns, definitely control time. And those add up. $9,400, that's absolutely going to be worth it. Um, I'm not going to touch another fight where I'm not going to touch the Monkey Knife Fight strike line. Frankly, Monkey Knife Fight, the money to be made, obviously, if you get a strike line you like, like we broke down a few before, you can triple your money, and that's great. The real money to be made is knockout kings because... You know, very infrequently does that miss. We definitely hit more than three out of every four. So, who's arguing? What's happening in the chat? What am I missing? Uh, I don't know. Ship, ship the cookies and Luis. Our boy Luis. He's getting attacked. It's fine. Okay. Just ignore it. Just let him. All right. Kim's, just... in, Kim's in control. Kim knows what to do. We got we got our mod in there. She, she knows what to do. <laughs> All right. Well, Kim, thanks for modding. So I just got a weird alert on my phone. Next up at UFC Vegas. <clears throat> Next up at UFC Vegas 64, we have Derek with an A, Minner, taking on Sha'ilan Nerdin Beak. Derek Minner's 26 and 13 overall, two and three in his last five. He's coming off the loss, the very embarrassing loss to Ryan Hall. Sha'ilan Nerdin Beak. Yeah, you say embarrassing, but that was a. Um... You know, he lost to one of the top guys in the UFC, I would say. So. Okay. Nerdenbeek, 37-10 and 10 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He's riding a two-fight win streak. I like Nerdenbeek here. I think he just <laughs> essentially does whatever he wants to do, frankly. Derek Minner does have a really solid pace. He is better than his record. His, loss, his losses in the UFC were Herbert Burns, who... We've all labeled a quitter, which he is, but very good BJJ. He lost to Grant Dawson, who's very good. Darren Elkins, who's very good and tough. And now Ryan Hall. So Derek Minner... Who's very, does, very does have, good and tough. <laughs> Derek Minner does have some quality losses in the UFC, so he is better than his recent two and three in his last five. But I think Nerd and Beak is just 
too powerful of a grappler. He's got heavy strikes, a bully style. He plots forward. He throws big, pushes you against the cage, works the takedown. I like Nurdenbeek to get this done. Derek Minner showed some pretty low fight IQ moments in his last fight. And, uh, you know, uh, frankly, I went ahead and threw some money on a money line on Nurdenbeek. But this line is actually moving a little bit, just a smidge. It was minus 200. Now it's minus 194. So it's, just, I mean, that's not much. Well, but there it's was a, minus 210 a, right now. So I don't know what you're seeing. So it went back the other way. It's so funny. I, I do these graphics at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So earlier today, minus 194, and it looks like it flexed back up. So I guess I got good value then because I got it at minus 200 and it's already moved past that. But I did throw two units on that. I'm very confident. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. There's there's like people in the chat. They're like, "Oh, Derek Miller rolls. It's a hundred percent lock." Like, what the hell are you guys seeing? And Derek Miller, that guy got out grappled and out wrestled by Ryan Hall. And listen, I love Ryan Hall. Right? You should not get out wrestled by Ryan Hall. If he finds some weird submission, that is what it is. But to get out scrambled and out wrestled, I mean, Ryan Hall was in full mount for like four straight minutes. Of the third round. There was a fight. There was times in that fight where Derek Minner's corner was yelling, What are you doing? What are you doing? Because he just like <laughs> just kept engaging in the wrestling. Listen, he will always be live for submissions, right? He's got the, the crazy front chokes. He's he's very slick with the submissions. He's always gonna be live with the submissions. But Shylon is a very good wrestler. I mean, very, very good wrestler. And that dude throws heat. And Derek Minner also tries to throw heat. I mean, that guy also, we mentioned in the first fight, that girl, Derek Minner also just cockbacks and throws. He does some wild shit. He's going to be wide open to get knocked out. Or if he gets, yeah, he also gets submitted as well because he takes chances everywhere he goes. I don't see this fight seeing the distance at all. That's probably the safer play. If you guys want to be on Derek Minner, God bless you for it. But I'm Shylon all the way in this matchup. I think he finds a knockout. Or he just uh, finds a weird submission. I don't know. Whatever he chooses. Nope. Uh, I'm completely with you. And so is Quint Lazenby. And Quint sent $5. Kint. Thank you very, very much for the super chat. Quint. Quint. He's a mod in Discord. Treat him with respect. Why would it be Why would it be Quint? It's Quint. It's Quint. Tell us how to pronounce that. Quint Lazenby. Quint. It's Quint. That can't be right. That was so dumb. Uh, he thinks Sh Shylon oh, also wins it. anywhere. Oh, see? Thank you very much. Quint. Um, him and I are on the same page. So are you. Shylon wins any way he wants to and buy premium membership. Thank you very much, Quint. It is very, very genuinely appreciated very much. Frank in the chat as well, guys. Check out Frank's articles at weonpicks.com. They're free. Frank, uh, he runs tank. really nice... He does really nice recaps, and he does his own quick picks. And he's got a – I don't know what your win rate is, but it's – I think it's 70% or more. He's always doing really well. Um, $7,300 in DraftKings for Derek Minner. Listen, if you're one of the people in the chat insisting that this dude's going to find the takedowns and somehow win this fight, then go for it. But you're also the same people that were all over Dirty Bird last week, and that dude got pummeled. Pummeled. Yeah, that was a close so, fight. I mean, if he didn't get taken down at the end of the second and then – and then taken down again in the end of the end didn't third. Jeff, yeah, yeah, and knocked down. And didn't Jeff Neal have a broken hand? Well, he broke it on the Dirty Bird's face in the first round. It wasn't Jeff Neal, but <laughs> yeah. it was uh, Max Griffin. Yeah, sorry. It was, yeah, Max Griffin. That's right. 
Um, should have been a doctor stop. Yeah, I mean, it should have been a doctor stoppage yeah, for the Dirty Bird. If the doctor would have came in at the end of the first round like they're supposed to and checked his hand, they should have waited it off, and it should have been a TKO win for uh, the Dirty Bird. That's how I see it. That's like what Chael Sonnen almost beat uh, uh, John Jones. John Jones' toe fell off his body, but nobody saw it, and he got the stoppage before it ended. Anyway. We're all pretty much on the same page here. $7,300. If you are living in that world and you think he gets it done, then that's great value. He's one of the, you know, less least expensive guys on this card. I like Shylon. $8,900. I think he's one of those guys. He's probably worth it. I don't know if he'll get the finish. Most likely. But, um, you know, lots of takedowns. Lots of control. Big power in his feet. Slick on the ground. He can do anything, anywhere. And I absolutely think he can get this done. Do you agree with that uh, price play? All I price agree price. is Big price John point. just sent just sent a dollar ninety nine. I mean the Big John with the donations. Donations for these streams have been crazy. I know for the live stream Saturday that I have, you guys are supporting those like crazy, and now it's starting to spill over to these streams as well. We appreciate all the um, all the donations. Don't read. You don't have to read that. It's just, a, a, it's just an emoji. I think it's from uh, must be from something else maybe. Yeah, it didn't he show says here. up. Well, thank. Thank you very much. Genuinely appreciate it. It didn't uh, show up as a, an alert for whatever reason, but thank you. Very, very genuine. Um, yeah, 89. Yeah, he's in mine. I think that was a question. That was the question. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line. Do you think this goes the distance? Uh, I hope not because premium members know what I did for Shylon. There you go. Uh, we own picks.com slash MKF. If you think Shylon goes the distance here, then do a more and more because Derek Minner is tough. If you think Shylon gets the finish, it's likely a TKO. Get him into your Monkey Knife Fight Knockout Kings where you can pick any three fighters. And if one of them wins by KO or TKO, you get paid. One, just one. Two of them win, you two and a half times your money. Three of them win, you can six times your money. We did miss last week when Waldo didn't get the stoppage, but we're still way, way, way up. Overall. Yeah, fade that dude from now on. What Waldo? Uh, really, I mean, he was he salsa was... dancing in a close fight versus the Mountain Jared Vendera. I mean, that was that a close fight. A close he, won like, fight. he won like 30-27 on judges' scorecards, which was, which was nonsense. That was a close... I know he was... I mean, Jared Vendera was eating that dude's legs alive. If they would have counted those leg kicks the way they should have, because that was a lot of damage. That was a close fight, and the dude's salsa dancing in the third round like he's just dominating the fight. It's like, let's relax. Yeah, but he this didn't is Jared Vendera, he didn't and you were... I, listen, I, I hear he should have blown right through him. I don't think it was a close fight, though. Because what I took from that is he just ate those leg kicks. He didn't limp nothing. He just ate I mean, he them. He was switching stances. But it didn't matter. It didn't slow him down. You wouldn't know. He might just switch stances. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you want to bet him next time, Angelo, see what happens. We'll see. Next up, at UFC Vegas 64, we have the rebooked Mark O. The O stands for Olympian. Madsen taking on Grant Dawson. This is rebooked. This was from UFC Vegas 63 last week. And even then, Grant Dawson was a short-notice opponent. But they've rebooked it. He had him, He got another week here to get his shit together. And now it will be on this card. Uh, Mark Madsen, 12-0. He's undefeated. 4-0-1 in his last five. He's coming off that submission. No, sorry. That's Grant Dawson. Mark Madsen, 12-0. 
He's undefeated in his career, and he's coming off that win over Vince from Hell Pichel, where he was the two to one underdog. Grant Dawson, 18 and one overall. He's 4 0 and 1 in his last five. He's coming off that submission win over Jared Gordon. Listen, I'm always torn when you get these nasty, nasty wrestlers, like literally Olympic level wrestlers, because he's fighting Grant Dawson, who's also a grappler and essentially needs to grapple to win. And he's the underdog, two to one underdog, just like in his last fight. And takedown for takedown or stat for stat, accomplishment for accomplishment, Mark Madsen's the ten. better wrestler. But he also gets taken down. He gets taken down at a surprising clip considering he's an Olympic wrestler. Like he gets taken down a lot. It is, he is a Greco wrestler. And Greco is, you know, it's on, it's standing only. You don't really touch legs. You don't shoot chest. That's what I did. But it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't spend your whole life wrestling and only know one style. Because even, I'm pretty sure uh, Daniel Cormier was a Greco uh, Olympian as well. And he takes shots, obviously. So, you know, because I saw some people Olympian? say, oh, I thought he didn't Greco. make it the team. I think he was an Olympian. He just didn't do anything with it. Which is, you know, okay, he made the team. He's an Olympian. Look it up while I do this. I'm almost positive he's an Olympian. Uh, anyway, Mark Matson, Olympic wrestler. He's got tons of takedowns, but he also gets taken down at a surprising rate. He's a decent striker. He outstruck Clay Guida in that fight. And as I mentioned in the Quick Picks video, that tells you two things. One, he actually has some decent striking. But two, why the hell was he striking? Why were you striking in that fight? He didn't even attempt to take down. It's not like he tried and didn't get it. He didn't even attempt. Why were you doing that in that fight? There was no reason for it. So his game planning could be a little off. Grant Dawson, he's got good hands. He's got good grappling. The problem is he also has a 40% takedown defense, which is not spectacular. But I trust Grant Dawson to shoot more than I trust Mark Matson to shoot, as dumb as that sounds. So I like Grant Dawson to win this fight. But, you know... We'll see what he looks like on the scales because even though he bought himself an extra week, it's still short notice. He's still stepping up. And I think Mark Matson plus three and a half is the bet to make here. If you don't know what plus three and a half is, you're just buying a round on the judges' scorecard. Wait, I think Mark Matson can win one round. No, Mark Matson plus three and a half. Oh. I think I think all he needs to do is win one single round on the judges' scorecard. He's a two to one underdog, so you'll get decent odds on that. And I Minus think he can win one single round. It flips, huh? They think what you think. That's, yeah, well. And usually the public is stupid, and you're the, uh, you're the, sorry. Well, I'm, the public and I are correct here. Anyway, Jigway, what do you think? I think they're trying to bait you into a, in that bet. Listen, I think, uh, you, I mentioned Mario Batista is a dude. I mean, Grant Dawson is a dude. I mean, this dude is a dude, 18-1, and one, relentless wrestling, relentless grappling. He is the overall better grappler of the two. If it's just a wrestling match, I don't twist my words here. If it's just wrestling, I think that Mark Madsen is probably the better wrestler. But you mix in the, all the aspects of MMA, jiu-jitsu, scrambles, everything. Grant Dawson is the better grappler of the two. You saw that in Mark Madsen's last fight. He was, even on takedowns versus Vince Michelle, he was reversed and swept with Vince Michelle. If he gets in those same positions against Grant Dawson, Grant Dawson is going to be on his back. Like, I mean, that was a bad, like, like that, I mean, that was a, that was, I mean, that was a very weak weak I can't snap with my right hand very well. My, my left one, I'm pretty good. But, uh, yeah, so the right one's a little bit lotion-y all the time. Um, yeah, Grant Dawson is a guy that he, 
uh, I don't love his I don't love his stand up game, um, but he does enough on the feet to get to the wrestling. And that guy is non stop. He will get tired, especially the short notice. He will get tired in the in in, in, in third round. But he doesn't stop when he's tired. That's the thing. Even when he is tired, he still gets to people's ankles and he still gets takedown because he knows that is his path to victory. He still will get on your back even when he is tired. And Mark Madsen also will get tired and he is 38 years old. I know he's 12-0. I know he was an Olympian. There's a reason he is a 2-1 underdog. Grant Dawson is no joke on the ground. I think the wrestling is a stalemate. The grappling and sweeps and scrambles definitely goes to Grant Dawson. Mark Madsen, for whatever reason, has wanted to stand, I think, as you mentioned, on the feet a little bit more. That might even be his path to victory because I think Grant Dawson comes in, takes him down, gets his back, and, and finds submission in this fight. Mark Madsen doesn't have a lot to offer except for just kind of wrestling control. And even, as you mentioned, even those controls, sometimes he gets swept, sometimes he loses scrambles, and he gets taken down in his own right. I am uh, Grant Dawson on the way. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Grant Dawson guy, so I, I would probably say I'm a little bit biased. I'm pretty high on him no matter who he's going to fight, but he's relentless, man. And his his grappling and scrambles and sweeps are no joke. Yeah, I mean, he has the higher takedown average, uh, the lower takedown accuracy. So what does that tell you? That he's just constantly diving at legs. And that's why I picked him to win because I trust him to grapple where we've seen Mark Madison not grapple when he should have. And that is obviously a problem at times. So I like Grant Dawson to get it done for sure. So do you. You're a little more confident than I am. And I do think Mark Madsen, do you not like that plus three and a half bet? You don't think Mark Madsen can win a round? Yeah, I could see it. Especially like if it goes to the third round, we've seen Grant get tired and maybe he's able to take him down. And, and Grant will play the jujitsu game. Not necessarily, all, he does. he's not one of those guys that'll lay on his back and just throw up triangles and stuff. He's always trying to sweep and, and work back to his feet. But there is a world where, you know, Mark Madsen is able to control three minutes of a round. So I don't hate it. I, minus 190 is a little bit. It's too much. If it was minus one fifty, I'd jump on it. Two to one. I mean, two to one underdog to completely flip to to you know to one ninety is a little. That's always tricky. So, uh, I mean, they saw what I saw. That he's a very good wrestler, and if he just you know ooh, ooh, does ooh, that in one ooh. round, uh, yes, you in the back. I forgot. I forgot to mention when I was breaking this down, and as high as I am on Grant Dawson, there is one thing that just kept going back to my mind. Do you know what it is? I kept getting just no. absolute PTSD. Pat Sabatini flashbacks. I Because I thought that he was going to come in. And just, I mean, it feels like the same thing. Pat Sabatini was going to come in, be the better wrestler, better grappler, come in, dominate that fight against Damon Jackson, and then wild things happen. So wild things can't happen. I believe that Grant Dawson is the better grappler, but every time I was breaking down this fight, I kept getting those wild Pat Sabatini flashbacks because I'm just as high on Grant Dawson in this fight as I was against Damon Jackson. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that would be wild. Just because that's not even like Mark Ratson has like no power. So that would be absolutely yeah. wild if that happened. You jinxed it. You jinxed it. Uh, although I will say Mark Matson at $7,200 in DraftKings, not terrible. First of all, he's the one with the full camp here. Grant Dawson's the short notice. So Mark Matson's got full camp. Yeah, Mark Grant Matson Dawson's can wrestle. a dude that, yeah, but Grant, Grant Dawson's a dude that literally, he's nonstop training. He's ATT dude, nonstop training. Didn't ATT get smoked this past weekend? Or did they not? I know a few weeks ago they had one of the roughest nights I've ever seen. They I'm have not so many fighters now. Week, I mean, they have like three well, fighters. That is on the, like on that every is card. the problem. That that is well, and that's not a problem. That's a, that, that's actually incredible and good good for you know, congrats to them for all their success. I just mean that is when I say that's the problem, it is hard to 
sort of keep track. Because some of these smaller successful gyms, it's very easy to keep track. Like Sam, Jesus Christ. Like Sanford was the gym for a while and then just hit a fucking slope. And then now we're seeing that with all those Jersey boys with Sabatini. That gym's yeah, before that, it was, uh, now. it was Fortis just down the road <laughs> in, in Fortis. Everyone's losing Fortis. And now, yeah, I mean, that Pat Sabatini gym, Jesus Christ. Jeremiah Wells yeah, is probably like, the next one to fight. And then uh, Andre Petrosky, they might be on the same card and both get starched. Well, it was, we've never, they've never lost in the UFC. And then now they're, they're just going down. <laughs> Hard is not going well for them. Anyway, $7,200 in DraftKings. That may, if you like some of these massive, massive favorites, you're going to need that price point. So give that a try. If you need help building your lineup, head on over to wewantpicks.com. Become a premium member. We have a DraftKings optimizer. What a DraftKings optimizer does is it takes the projected ownerships. It has every single fighter and it does the average score. So basically it'll take the score that the, that that fighter averages whether it's by stoppage, by decision, and it'll average that out, project out a score, and build lineups for you. Because it has to rank these fighters, it'll rank them based on that average score. You click a few buttons and it will literally build lineups for you. So you can say, I do want Mark Matson, and it'll make sure it keeps Mark Matson in there, builds a lineup around him, or I don't, et cetera. So if you need help building a lineup, weonpicks.com, become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. A, it's incredibly helpful for us. It supports us. B, you get the optimizer, you get the bets, you get everything else. What do you need? What? Uh, Adrian Yanez just liked my tweet. Awesome. He, he follows me on Twitter. so it's, I mean, it's no big deal. I'm pretty... Uh, you know, it's not a big deal, correct. I'm, uh, I'm pretty well known in the community. I get in fights with fighters and other fighters love me. So And he really does love me. He doesn't like you. Who? Adrian Yanez. Because like I, I gave Tony Kelly. I said Tony <laughs> Kelly's decent. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like you. That was a that was a flip r- role reversal there. I know because it's no. What's his name? Hated me too, and then got just absolutely demolished. Oh, the the bear, the brown bear, um, uh, Clark, Devin Clark. Was, yeah. I think he did the same thing Cody Durden did. Like, oh, I'm gonna. Oh no, he said he said one of these people on the shows knows what they're talking about, which was me. Yeah, because you picked him, and he said yeah, the other one. He's like, one educated. of these guys knows what they're talking about, and then just got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. I was. I was waiting. I I lit, I lit up uh, uh, Holmes on the live stream. I was waiting for Durden as well. But Durden, listen, I picked Durden, so I, I gave him. His, I said, you know, nice job. But well, or I mean, Holmes, I I lit his ass up. <laughs> Anyway, next up at UFC Vegas 64, we have Tagir Ulenbekov taking on Nate Maness. Tagir Ulenbekov, 13-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off that disappointing loss to Tim Elliott. Nate Maness is 14-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five. Coming off the grappling heavy loss to Umar Nurmagomedov. This is a tricky fight. Because if you didn't see the odds and you only watched their last couple of fights... This is not how you would have capped this. This is not how you would have laid out these odds because DeGear's coming off that loss to Tim Elliott. And my notes on that fight, because we watch the fights, I take notes on every single fight so I can come back, read my notes. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. Oh, you and read your notes? And for $10 a month, you could have access to those raw notes. Anyway, uh, Tagir didn't wrestle nearly as much as he should have at all. He got taken down way too easily from somebody who is not as good of a wrestler as him. And he just overall didn't look very good. He did almost finish the fight. He was closer to finishing the fight. But he was taken down easily, didn't shoot when he should have shot, 
And because of that, I think I like Nate Maness here in the underdog spot. It actually worries me what a huge underdog he is. What a fucking asshole. But I do think, I, I think he can get it done. I think he can get it done. Frankly, you know, Nate Maness is a bigger guy for the division. In his three UFC wins, he's got to take down every single one of them. Yes, he's coming off that loss to Umar Namagamadov. But, okay, fine. He got out-wrestled by, like, you know, a dude who's been wrestling since he was two days old. But before that, he knocked out Tony Gravely and defended five takedowns. So his takedown defense is solid. His takedown offense is solid. He's got decent submissions, decent power, decent kickboxing, super tough, willing to slug it out. I think I like Nate Maness here to win this fight. And for you to act like that is fucking nuts. He I lost to Tim Elliott, dude. Why do you why do you get so upset? I didn't even say anything. You said back oh, oh, I was I was looking at a headline that North Korea has fired ten missiles into the sea towards South Korea, and I was like, what the fuck's going on here? So I mean that's that's real life happening right now. But uh yeah, I think I think that, that Tim Elliott fight was a a very weird fight for Tagir because I think he definitely underestimated Tim Elliott, and Tim Elliott is a very unorthodox dude. They mention it in the fight as he's fighting. You cannot train for what Tim Elliott brings to that fight, so there was a lot of unorthodox striking, a lot of unorthodox angles coming out of the striking, and because of the unorthodox style, the, also the takedowns were there because he does some weird you know, leaning stuff, and all of a sudden you think he's striking, but all of a sudden the takedowns are there. So there was a lot of that fight that was Tagir being taken off guard because of the weird style of Tim Elliott. So I don't want to you know, put a lot of, of of money in that fight as far as like, oh, he lost to Tim Elliott, so now he's not any good anymore. He, he when he wanted to wrestle, he was he was I don't want to say he was dominating the wrestling. And the path to victory is, is is just that. You saw Umar do the exact same thing to to Manus. He took him down, was able to control him. I think that was a great wake up call for Tagir against somebody that he should not have lost to. Right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he, he it's like oh he you know whatever he shouldn't have lost that fight, but no. it happened. He learned from it. Khabib was screaming at him the entire fight, like basically like we were talking about with uh, what's his name in the earlier, like what the hell, what are you doing right now? He just kind of <laughs> got caught up in the moment. He thought you know this is a guy that I can stand with, having some success with the takedowns. Let me try and knock this dude out. And he lost the decision because of it. I think it was a close fight. I, I can't remember if people thought that he won that decision or not. No, but. it was Tim Elliott was grabbing the gloves. And uh, he was doing some veteran savvy tricks. And even the announcers were saying it like, oh, that's a little tricky, veteran savvy. The reality is, I'm not, I'm not saying Tagir sucks. He lost to Tim Elliott. He should. I'm saying Tagir was frustrating to watch. He was too easily taken down. Grabbing gloves has nothing to do with that. I don't want to hear anybody talk, well, you, you cheated. Getting taken down, it had nothing to do with that. Not shooting takedowns, tell me how grabbing the gloves affected Tagir to not shoot takedowns. He was very frustrating, didn't do what he was supposed to do to win that fight. Yes, when they were on the ground, his gloves were being grabbed and it was hard to do stuff. Who cares? It's the getting taken down too easily and not shooting, which is what bothered me. And Nate's got solid takedown defense, solid takedown accuracy, and he gets takedowns. That's why I like Nate. But go ahead. No, I, I think that if if Tagir ended up winning that fight, I don't think I would have liked him as much in this fight for the reason that you mentioned, because he wasn't doing what he needed to do and it wasn't going to be the quite a wake-up call that he needed. I think that camp is locked in now. They've got the champ there with the Islam. I think this is a Tagir play all the way. I'm very high on him. I know that Nate is like the popular underdog pick. I get it. He is going to be live on the feet, but I think Tagir can do what he needs to do on the feet to get this fight to the ground and to control the positions. I, I think he is going to be a man 
on a mission in this fight. And uh, I get the Nate plays. Listen, I'm not going to argue with you about that, but, you know, I'm, I'm figuring this matchup. Yeah, listen, I, I originally had Ulan Bekov. Like, I, I looked at it. I looked at it quickly. I made my pick. And then I went back and watched the fight. I read my notes, and I was like how frustrating Tagir was in that fight. So I was like, let me watch this before I lean on this pick. And then I rewatched that fight. I'm like, man, I can't trust this guy. A two-to-one favorite? I can't trust this guy to do what he's supposed to do to win the fight. He didn't do it last time. And you, your pick is based off of the fact that you're assuming he's learned from that, which I assume he has as well. But my point is... I mean, is, that was like the only fight he's ever done that. And I think it was just a weird, you know... There, could I be. mean, Tim Elliott, I mean, he baits people into... I mean, he gets in your face, he taunts you, he's yelling at you, he's screaming at you. I think he just... I mean, that's what he does. He gets in people's heads. And, and, and Tagir was like, you know, fuck this guy. Let me try and knock this dude out. And it, it cost him a, a win. I don't. I think Nate is much more orthodox, you know, and he's just can stick to the game plan. Yeah, I obviously we're we're, we're split here. I recognize Tagir is very good, um, but I do like Nate plus one eighty two. I might do a half a unit somewhere. We'll see what happens. I, you know, we'll see when it gets a little closer. I I get nervous when I like an underdog that's that big because I've then never I'm like I'm nervous. No, okay. in my life. Okay. No, let me take you to a large crowd. Ask you to talk to a strange girl. See if you I'll be on stage. I'll be on stage with my pants down. I bet. Um, you hear that thing pants, hit the floor. Why would your pants be down? <laughs> Prove it. Onlyfans.com slash the freckled salamander. Um, $7,600. I do, you, listen, you can't build a DraftKings lineup with only favorites. It's not possible. So $7,600. I don't, I don't mind that price point for a guy like Nate that potentially get some takedowns and get this fight won. Do you like to gear enough at the $8,600? Like you're that confident? I think it's pretty good value for somebody that can get takedowns and control like him. And it's good on the feet as well. I think it's pretty good value. <laughs> somebody called it Godzilla's tail. Congratulations, Jacob. It's close. Just doesn't have yeah. the warts like the, like yeah. <laughs> I was, I only, was you know, gonna... yeah, every once in a while you get the flare ups, <laughs> but yeah. You know. We've got it under control for the most part. Nothing some penicillin can't knock out of there. Anyway, the monkey knife fight strike line 79-57. I'm not, again, I'm not touching it. A few of these lines early we loved. This one I don't like because somebody's not going to land many punches at all. Whoever's executing the grappling game plan is who's going to, you know, who's going to get it done. The other person's going to be on their back not scoring that well. So I'm going to leave that alone. Um, DraftKings, obviously I like Nate and Nate's an underdog, so I'll probably mess with that. Frankly, as a two to one underdog, maybe I expected a little bit of a bigger discount than 7,600 bucks. Still, you know, it's still a solid, there's a seven in front of it, which is great, but I was hoping for like 74, something to that effect. Anyway, we want picks.com slash bets. If you sign up with any one of our betting partners and make a deposit, we send you 50 bucks. That's it. We literally send you $50. We just caught up. We got everybody in October paid. It is now November. We own picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit. We will send you $50 as a thank you and become a premium member. We own picks.com at the top. Click become a member. It's $10 a month. It's $10 a month. You get all the bets, all the picks, a DraftKings optimizer. We, If you guys do FanDuel, which I don't know how many do, we have a full FanDuel suite of content where we're ranking fighters by salary, putting people in pools, and it's incredible the content that we have up there for FanDuel as well. 
wewantpicks.com. At the top, click become a member. Next up. Here we go. At UFC Vegas 64, we have Josh Parisian taking on Chase Sherman. Couple of heavyweights, not really known for their power. But uh, Chase Sherman kind of found it in his last fight. Josh Parisian's 15-5 and five overall. 3-2 and two in his last five. He is alternating wins and losses. Chase Sherman is 16-10 and 10 overall. 1-4 and four in his last five. He's coming off that KO win over Jared Vandera, which frankly is a little more impressive considering, you know, Waldo just cracked him a few times and nothing really happened. But Jesus Christ, did it fall out? <laughs> You get it? <laughs> yeah, I got it. You got it? Like okay, a dick. Good. Jesus. Um, Chase Sherman found that power, knocked out Jared Van Der in the last fight. But prior to that, he's just sort of a volume guy with zero head movement, zero striking defense whatsoever, and, and not much power. He did find that power in his last fight. Josh Parisian, also sort of a come-forward guy, a ton of output, a lot of volume, so much so that him and Parker Porter set... The UFC significant strike record. They set the record for most significant strikes thrown because of just how busy that fight was. He has 11 knockouts under his belt. I don't think he has one in the UFC just yet. And he does have takedowns. He took down Alan Badeau three times. Um, and I think he took down Roque Marquinez in that fight. I like Josh Parisian to win this fight because I think he can work in the wrestling. You sit the fuck up when I break these fights down. <laughs> Like a petulant child. Um, <laughs> dork. Uh, anyway, with your hat backwards. You, you like, where's your skateboard? Oh, just Bart Simpson. Anyway, I just, Red so break. many mean things. So many mean things. And I just don't, what? What are you doing? Free. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here and you just like you just started getting mad for no Because I look over here. and you're just like leaning back like you're like, I'm, you're like I gotta, I'm an old guy. Yeah, my back hurts. Trying to get that lumbar support. I bet. I bet. Anyway, I That's like my Josh favorite Parisian. sex position: the lumbar support. What is it? Is it like two dogs in a bathtub? No, it's like you go like this, <laughs> and you go like this, and then the lumbar is right here, like this, and then you grab them like this. But you got to have your leg up here, like this, over like that. So it's kind of like this. That's the lumbar support. <laughs> what the fuck is happening to this show? You just we're gonna be canceled in no time. <laughs> you just banged your chair. We're talking. About, look at the two dudes on the screen and look at what you just did to your chair. <laughs> People gotta know. Oh Jesus Christ! Anyway, I think Josh Parisian wins this fight. Um, he's got the volume, the much. Much more volume. He's got the takedowns if he needs them. Um, so I think Josh Parisian wins this fight. Certainly the bet to place when it drops is going to be either the Josh Parisian more takedown prop on bet online or the Josh Parisian more significant strike prop if that drops on bet online. Because even if he's knocked out, he's going to land more significant strikes. We just hit that bet with Dustin Jacoby who dominated that fight, won that fight, was robbed by the judges. But it's an it's an easy bet when you have people with just tried and true volume so i like josh parisian to win i will probably hit those bets when those props drop they weren't there earlier today 
But uh, what do you think, Jakey? Uh, yeah, just flip a coin. I'm going with Chase. I think this would be one of those rare heavyweight fights that is actually fun. We've seen a lot of heavyweight fights lately where, you know, it looks like it's going to be fun, but then it's boring and then they lay on each other. I actually think that these guys swing, go after it. I think this is, uh, I was going to actually play does not go the distance on this fight, but I think it's like minus 400 or something like that. It got really, really crazy. Chase actually was the underdog in this fight. Open now he is like a favorite. He was a plus one twenty five. Now he's like a minus one thirty almost. I like Chase at underdog odds. I don't like Chase at, as a favorite. I think Parisian is probably whoever is the underdog in this fight when it closes is the better. If you can get whoever you want to put money on as the underdog in this fight is going to be the better value. I think they swang and bang. They get after it. My pick is Chase Sherman, but who the hell knows? It should be fun though. It actually should be a fun fight. Both of these guys have proven that they can just come forward and swing and. These are not boring heavyweights. They're not exactly knockout artists, at least not in the UFC, but they're not boring guys. They're TKO um, guys, for sure. Yeah. Like, not the, not the one punch, yeah, but yeah. the volume. No, just and, straight and, yeah, volume. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and what's funny is, you, you know, I, I talked about um, Josh Parisian having the higher volume and landing. I mean, if you go back and look at fight per fight, the numbers that he puts up are absolutely incredible, especially that one with Parker Porter, and he works in the takedown. So... Chase technically has the higher overall, but he also has the longer tenure and a couple of a couple of fights that push that over the edge. Eight thousand dollars, eighty-two hundred. I don't know if you should put somebody in DraftKings. If you should, it should be Josh because he at least has the potential for the takedowns. I don't see Chase Sherman knocking out Josh. I could be way off there, but Josh could potentially work in the takedowns. Um, and I, I actually think this should be closer to a pick'em. I am surprised that Chase Sherman is the favorite here. Why do you think he's the favorite? Because he knocked out. Uh, I think Dara. people see the yeah the, the bare knuckles champion, and if you look at his resume too, he does have the experience. I mean, he has his experience value, so he's been here, done that, fought some good people. Hasn't beat a lot of them, but he's fought some good people, and uh, that's the reason I picked him. I mean, just for straight experience, and I think this is a boxing match, and I think he's slightly the better, you know, just boxer, boxer. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, it's a it's an interesting fight. It's a fun fight. Like I said, I think the only bets I would consider here are those bet online prop bets where they do literally who is going to get more takedowns in this fight and then they set a line you pick a person. So when that drops, I'll probably hit Josh Parisian and I'm I'm comfortable all the way up to minus 300 probably because if there's no takedowns, it's a push, you get your money back. So Josh Parisian there, there's no way Chase Sherman's going to shoot a takedown. So I if Josh If Josh gets a takedown great, if he doesn't, you get your money back follow us become a premium member and a push if I place that, good. that's a great song if i place the bet you'll be instantly alerted on your phone and you'll see it and you can tail it if you'd like you don't need to be waiting for these and see we will do that for you we'll hit the bets you'll get alerts to your phone after you link your discord and you can tag along wewantpicks.com at the top click become a member it's only 10 bucks it's only 10 bucks. We give you one decent bet that hits that could cover a freaking year or more worth of premium membership. You done? No songs? Okay. Next up at UFC Vegas 64, we have the co main event of the evening. This is also a rebooked fight. This is originally booked, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, but uh, Danny Rodriguez over here got a little staph infection. So it was canceled and it has been rebooked. We got Neil Magny taking on Daniel Rodriguez. Neil Magny, 26-9 overall. 3-2 in his last five. 
He's coming off that loss to Shevket Rachmanov about three months ago. Daniel Rodriguez is 17-2 overall, 4-1 and one in his last five. And he's coming off that win over Jinglang Lee just three weeks ago. And this is an interesting fight because when this was originally booked, Daniel Rodriguez was the favorite. Then, okay, we get it. You got the signed Danny poster. I'm Thank you very much. You. Thank you very much, Jesse Correa, for sending that to us. Or to Jacob. Very appreciate Not you. So, when this was originally booked, Daniel Rodriguez was the favorite. And now we've got Neil Magny as the slight favorite here. And I think it has to do with two things. One, Daniel Rodriguez, a lot of people think he lost that Jinglang fight. I don't necessarily think it was a robbery or anything like that, but a lot of people think he lost that fight. And two, that staff infection is actually concerning because... You cannot train with staff. And it's not like, oh, you're hurt. You can, no, you can't train. Nobody will train with you. That shit is ridiculously contagious. It's disgusting. Well, Nobody will train with you. They will not let you in the gym with that. <laughs> Latifi fought. I mean, Latifi fought the boa constrictor with staff. I mean, that was that not the craziest thing you've ever heard in a post-fight interview being like, oh, by the way, I have staff. And everyone's like, what the fuck? It's like, disgu- what are you doing it's in here? It's disgusting, highly contagious. You guys want to see the grossest thing you've ever seen in your entire life? Google Kevin Randleman's staff. He has a hole. A, a, a hole in his ch- A hole. You can shove a fist in there. The staff and was just, so And bad. just for reference, Daniel Rodriguez's staff was like this big on his elbow. So it wasn't like I, you still, crazy. No, I agree. Yeah, no, sure. I agree. But I'm just yeah. saying, just for it's not like it's like he had like you're talking about like an old crazy open wound. It was like a little, you know, this on his elbow. So no, yeah, staff is no joke. Like, listen, you get ringworm. Lots of gyms will just let you tape it. Just tape it, cover it. I don't care. Staff, if they're letting you train with staff, it's disgusting. A disgusting gym. Uh, anyway, I I do think that's a factor. I think that's why the odds have sort of flipped here a little bit. Daniel Rodriguez should be the better, more technical striker. He's got very good takedown defense. But I but I am leaning Neil Magny here because of those factors. Daniel Rodriguez didn't necessarily look amazing. You know, uh, what did he have? A full year layoff. Came back, fought Jin Lang. Didn't look amazing. But okay, let's say, he, let's say he was, you know, uh, shaking off some stuff there. Then just was going to do a very quick turnaround to fight Neil Magny. Got staff rebooked on this card. I think there's a lot going on there. Newborn. Um, a newborn baby, which, listen, I got two kids. I mean, it is And who knows how many I in have. In the beginning. I know how many you don't have. And um, so I like Neil Magny here for those factors. I think a 100% healthy, full training camp Daniel Rodriguez without any issues and no layoff. He'll probably win the striking match for sure. Actually, probably he will win the striking match. We'll probably defend the takedowns and we'll win that fight. All these outside factors. I don't know, man. I think I like Neil Magny here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I will say that Lee, or D-Rod probably did lose that fight versus Lee, but that was such a weird... I don't think you can put a lot of uh, credit so in that fight because there were so many factors in that fight. It was a, a completely different opponent. I mean, literally last minute. And Lee is a super 
dangerous dude. So D-Rod went in there with no game plan and basically was like, let me not get knocked out and try to win this fight. And he did enough in the judge's eyes to win a decision. He didn't get knocked out, which was probably the game plan going into it. Just don't get knocked out. Against Neil Magny, he can beat D-Rod. He can finally go back to being the D-Rod that he is, and that's a press forward guy and just outbox people because Neil Magny is not a dangerous guy on the feet. Even if he gets taken down, he's not a dangerous guy on the ground. And Neil Magny is a guy that just he, he relies on people getting tired uh, basically by beating him up in the first round, and then he starts wearing people. I mean, Neil Magny's game plan for most of his fights is get pressured, get pushed against the fence, hold people against the fence, and kind of beat him up with his back against the fence, and then he will look for takedowns late in fights with his back against the fence. That's what he does. He backs up to the fence, he invites you in, and he hopes that he can get a hold of you and kind of just kind of just dirty box you and then wrestle you to win decisions. That's not a good game plan, especially against a guy with good hands like D-Rod coming in, good take down the fence. He wants to be a pressure fighter anyway. Once he gets Neil Maddy pressed against that fence, he's not going to be in the clinch. I pray to God he's not going to be in the clinch. He's going to stand at range, and he's just going to pick Neil Magny apart. He is going to be the better striker in what should be a mostly striking battle. And Neil Magny is not a dangerous guy. I mean, he just literally is not a dangerous guy. I, I love D-Rod in this play. I can't believe he's even an underdog in this matchup, to be honest. I like Neil Magny. I think he's definitely going to be like that gatekeeper guy for this division for the next, you know, five years. And a lot of people are going to lose to Neil Magny for those reasons that I mentioned. But, I mean, I feel like this, I mean, hey, it's a D-Rod play all the way, baby. I'm with you, D-Rod. Uh, straight up, if, if this was full camp, no outside factors, nothing weird going on, I 100% am on the same page. And maybe I'm, you know, just years of wrestling and grappling and being in those gyms. Maybe I'm thinking... I'm taking the staff too seriously, but it was already a quick turnaround, you know, sort of a late notice, quick turnaround to get the Neil Magny fight the first time. Then the staff, now it's rebooked. I just think there's a lot of factors, a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, Daniel Rodriguez is the much better striker. He's got good takedown defense, but we'll see. Neil Magny has cardio for days. He can grapple. He's averaging more than two takedowns per fight. He's super long. He can strike as well. He's not going to be the more technical striker, but he can strike as well. And let's be honest, Daniel Rodriguez is not a one-hitter quitter. He doesn't have this like insane power. When he does well, it's just volume over time. And Neil right. Magny can, can get rid of that with the takedown. So definitely not putting Daniel Rodriguez in DraftKings. Because even in a win, he doesn't score well. It's a million jabs. It doesn't score that well. Go ahead. No, I was I was just I was just scrolling down Neil Magny's thing. He basically has lost three of his last four fights, and even that Jeff Neal fight, if I remember correctly, Jeff Neal was pretty much beating him up as well, and he was ended up in a lot of people thought that fight. Jeff Neal won, but Neal yeah, and, and Max more total yeah, strikes and, and, controlled. The yeah, Max and Max Griffin basically flatlined him in the first round, and then got tired, which is what Max does, um, and there was a split decision still. So I mean, it's not like Neil Magny. Yes, he's getting these wins and stuff, but his last like real win was a decision win versus Robbie Lawler. I know, that was in 2020, so Robbie was still kind of Robbie, I guess, but that's still not a, you know, a great win. So, you know, these guys are on two different trajectories in my mind, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, somebody said the comment section. I'm going to – let me do some fact-checking here. D-Rod has said, no power. You're insane. Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, that I just completely – what power does he have? Show me a fight where he knocks somebody out with one punch. Show me. Because that doesn't exist. Uh, no, it's the D-Rod is most definitely a DraftKings play. Let me pull up 
Um, let me pull up his last couple of scores because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Talk while I click buttons, but not about weird stuff. You know what? Stop talking. I got it already. Stop talking. We're done here. Dana Rodriguez in the Jing Lang win. Take a guess. Hold on. Where is it? Where's the DraftKings play? Here we go. Take a guess, Paul. How many points he scored in a Neil Magny in the. Hey, Paul, I can't like you. I, I like you, but I can't save you right now. He won the fight, so he got 30 points just for the win. He scored 65 points total. What an absolute joke. That is, that is not good. That's trash. He doesn't score that well. He just doesn't. I'm going through his scores. Like, some are okay, obviously, but he just does not score that well, especially in these striking-only matchups. So, bang. That's bang. what you get. Boom. That's what you get. Best not miss. Best not miss. Guys, wewantpicks.com. We give you all of the DraftKings insight. We do DraftKings ownership. We rank every single fighter by their salary. So we'll say, oh, in the $9,000 plus category, this person should be your first pick, second pick, third pick, etc. And then go through all of that. This is a great example. In that $7,800 range, we have the fighters ranked. If you have that price point, take a look. The fighters ranked. You can go from there. And, yo, Dingus, I totally yo, understand. Even if he wins, he doesn't score well. I just talk through the scoring. He scored 65 points in a win, which is an absolute Shkuvan's joke. Tingus, become a premium Tingus. member. WeWantPicks.com. At the top, become a member. It's only $10 a month. If you do DraftKings, ridiculous amounts of content there. If you do Monkey Knife Fight, we have our Knockout Kings there. If you do Prize Picks, we have our early lines there. If you do Underdog Fantasy, we have our picks there. If you do FanDuel, an entire page dedicated just to FanDuel. If you bet, Jacob and I have every single one of our bets, including a safety parlay. You want to bet on this and fight, it, me and you? And if you just like the content that we put out there, $10 a month. You will not beat that price point. There is not this a better a, deal on this planet. We on Picks.com. I'll bet this fight. I'll bucks, bet this 100 fight. bucks, straight up? 100 bucks? Yeah, uh, yeah. Straight up. Sure. It's pretty much pick them. All right. Sure. You heard it here first. Done. Next up. All right. At UFC right big. Next. I, that's so in, No, the most annoying thing you do is when you send it. I've never sent you money. <laughs> no, when you send it ahead of time so that I have to pay back I, I, double. I've never sent you money. I've what never a lost joke. That. Okay. Never. Next up, at UFC Vegas 64, we have the main event of the evening. We have Marina Rodriguez taking on Amanda LaMoche. <laughs> you laughing at the soda comment? Yeah, yeah. Can you pin that real quick? I Let's will. discuss it's... that. What kind of cookies and what kind of soda are we talking about? I don't drink soda. I'm healthy. So I, got, I still that. got the... Uh... <laughs> Just in case the week. size of our hands came up again. No, I got a, a fresh one. Anyway, main event, Marina Rodriguez, 16-1 overall, 4-1 in her last five. She is riding a four-fight win streak. Amanda Lamoche, 12-2 overall, 4-1 in her last five, and she is coming off a bounce-back win over Michelle Waterson. And this is a tricky, tricky fight because I do, I do recognize how dangerous Amanda Lamoche is. She's very, very dangerous, especially at this weight class. She's got legit power. She's got submissions. She's live. She can make stuff happen. But if we look at her last couple of fights, uh, she hasn't looked great. A lot of people think she lost to Angela Hill. 
A lot of people think that was a gifted decision. Angela Hill's basically a 500 fighter. Then she did lose to Jessica Andrade. Then even in her last fight, yes, she stopped Michelle Waterson, but she was a slow starter. Michelle Waterson was having some very real success there before getting caught in that submission. So Amanda Lamoche has not looked great recently. She's very can, good, though. I can just see when you're staring at me, waiting for my stupid expressions. Just because me I have it over here. I know. Um, I can see staring. I, I rolled my eyes. I looked, and you were going. Because it's just so fucking. It's so, <laughs> you're just like such a. Oh, God. I'm annoying, man. I know. I just. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's what, that's, that's what I say it all the time. But people, there are people in comments or whatever. It's like, this dude's annoying. It's like, I know I am. So. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're a little brother. That's what little brothers are. Um, anyway, um, but Marina Rodriguez, I think she's a real deal. She is in a similar situation where a lot of people think she lost her last fight, but I think she's a good boxer. She's got solid speed, solid power. She, she just straight up flatline he boss. Sorry, Jacob. She's got solid takedown twice. defense. I mean, she, she had to flatline her twice. Her, her, <laughs> her, her let, let Amanda die twice in that fight. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's just very, very good. She does have losses to Carla Esparza. She got that draw with Cynthia Calvillo. She was taken down. She was controlled. But Amanda Limoche is not that person. She's not going to take you down, not going to control you. She is slick. She can make stuff happen in any direction. But I do think Marina Rodriguez wins, as does the market at minus 220. I wasn't going to bet this, but now that we know Amanda is en- isn't Amanda one of the fighters stuck in Brazil? She is. Yeah. I don't know if they've made it out yet. We're still trying to wait and see. Yeah, so Amanda's one of the four or three or four fighters on this card stuck in Brazil because of uh, protests and whatever Political else. Political unrest. It's, it's Tuesday night. Tuesday's supposed to be a travel day. I mean, we did see this months ago. Was it with Dan Hooker and... Um, um, That's when he went and fought. Nazrat Hackbarast. Oh, no, no yeah, Hackbarast okay, yeah, yeah. and... Yeah. and so there was, this, but they were both in the same boat. They both had travel issues and whatever. In this case, it's only Amanda. So if the fight happens and there's no issues, I, potentially she is big. Like I, I, I think Marina Rodriguez is the better overall fighter, no matter what, no matter what. But then you add all this other stuff on top, it's just going to make it worse. It's just going to be a worse situation. I like Marina Rodriguez. I did the under four and a half rounds here. I don't. I wouldn't typically do something like that, especially for a women's fight, especially at 115 pounds. But I just think there's a stoppage here on either side. Amanda is not a five-round fighter. She was fading big time against Angela Hill in three. Marina Rodriguez is a five-round fighter. I think she can break her late, especially with all of this random travel stuff going on. And Amanda's super live for a stoppage as well. So I like Marina Rodriguez, and I like this to not go the distance. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I'm a big uh, Amanda fan because of, she is exciting. She's one of those rare yes. girls that really comes in, throws power, is exciting, is always looking for the finish. In my mind, that would, because of the travel issues, I, I switched my official pick. I, in my mind, I had 10 minutes, right? Two rounds of Amanda to be able to try and get the job done, to find a finish either on the ground or, or on the feet. Now, because of the travel stuff, I think it's like a round and a half. I think she really is going to have issues cutting weight. She's a big girl coming down as a physical, strong girl. I think that she might end up missing weight if she does make weight. I think it's going to be tough for her. So I think that window shrinks even more of, of her ability to finish this fight. The biggest question mark for this fight is the wrestling of Amanda Lemos. And because of the travel and stuff, I think there's going to be even less 
But I think that was her path to victory. You mentioned the Amanda Hibas fight with Marina Rodriguez. Amanda Hibas was able to get a uh, takedown and controlled the entire first round. I mean, she was controlling Marina on the ground the entire first round. And Amanda, I think, is very underrated in her grappling ability. You saw with the finish in her last fight. But I think she's very underrated in the wrestling and the grappling. That might have been the game plan going into this fight. But now if she starts having weight cut issues, the delay, the travel, whatever, now she might not be wrestling quite as much or maybe she puts it off a little bit. You know, I, I think Amanda is definitely live in this fight. First round, second round. After the second round, I think she definitely is going to start fading. Marina is a more technical fighter. This is this is technical fighting versus power in the stand-up. But the biggest question mark was going to be whether Amanda Lemos comes in with more of a grapple-heavy game plan, which I think she could have had success in. But now, you know, there's a little bit of a question mark. Even more of a question mark than it already was because of the cardio issues and the travel issues and you know, that we keep harping on. But my official pick was Amanda Lemos just because I think she was live in the first and second rounds. But I switched it. I, Marina is the more is the better overall fighter. Amanda kind of got, I don't want to say she got screwed in that Andrade fight, but I wish that would have kept going because she was going to destroy Andrade. She was going to destroy Andrade on the feet. That was just a weird situation. She got caught in a standing triangle at the first in UFC history, whatever it was. But yeah, I'm going to go with Marina here, but I'm going to be rooting hard for Amanda. Going to be rooting hard for Amanda. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Marina's not boring though. So it's not like it's a boring Carla Esparza style wrestler versus you know, wild action woman. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, Amanda's hard not to like. It's not her fault. Like, if you think that she lost to Angela Hill, I mean, getting mad she at the destroyed fighters. Her the first, I mean, she destroyed her in the first yeah. round. So her, I mean, her cardio going in that way, it's like she tried to chase a finish. She didn't get the finish. Now it's like, uh-oh. That's why I always try. I, I never harp on people that lose their cardio trying to chase a finish. That's different than just like being in a fight and all of a sudden you get tired. If you're yeah. trying to chase a finish, it is what it is, you know? No, I completely agree. But uh, so Amanda Lamoche. Super live, super dangerous. I think the travel is going to be an issue. The weight cut, all that stuff is going to be an issue. Marita Rodriguez was my pick, remains my pick. Jacob switched his from Amanda to Marina because of all of that stuff. Uh, and it should be interesting. I do hope the fight happens. It's going to be annoying if this fight card loses three fights right off the rip. That That's going to suck. Bad news. And I will. I, I do agree with you that that under four and a half. I think is is, is, is uh, I think it's pretty good value. Yeah. Yep. It's think, already moved. Uh, actually, it's uh. Minus one. Actually, it's moving in the other direction. It's minus one twenty now. It was minus one forty earlier. So a lot of people think it's going to go to a decision, which is surprising because they're. I mean, they both have finishes. They're both dangerous. It's not as if, you know, it's. it's yeah, not Marina's as if a. She's a. Vo, she's a volume striker, but she does have power. I mean, she definitely yeah. can sit on power for sure. No, both of these women have a ton of finishes, so I am surprised that uh, the over four and a half. I mean, the under is still minus money, but the over seems to be tightening there. So anyway, guys, that is the breakdown. Like the stream before fight. you go. Well, we got to do DraftKings very quickly. $8,800, $7,400. I may, I, you know, it's, it's very tricky because there's other fighters on this card that I think can get stoppages. You know, Marina Rodriguez at 88, probably not. It is five rounds. I'll have to think about that. Amanda at 74, if you think Amanda wins this fight, then what are you waiting for? That's an incredible price point for a woman that has a ton of finish stoppages, uh, finish stoppages, finishes on her record. The strike line, I'm not touching it. A 135 to 76, I think this is under four and a half rounds. So if anything, it's a less, less. If you want to check out Monkey Knife Fight, weonpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. If you give them 50 bucks, they'll give you 50. Give them 100, they'll give you 100. Take the free money Play some of these lines, and if you lose, who gives a shit? It wasn't your money. And if you win, 
you have now even more free money. That's wewantpicks.com slash MKF. Before you go, wewantpicks.com. Here's the premium membership plug that you guys love so much. Wewantpicks.com, become a premium. It's $10 a month. A, it's just supportive. It's just very supportive. It's a way to show support to us for the channel, for everything we bring you. And on top of that, you get all of our bets the very minute we place them. We have every single round, every single fight, we go over, under on the round. So we say this fight is going to be over the line, under the line, et cetera, for every single fight. We do confidence picks for every single card. Jacob has his three most confident picks. I have mine. Those are up there. We have the um, premium safety parlay, which got screwed last week. So that is what it is. DraftKings content, prize picks content, underdogs content, monkey knife fight content. All of this for $10 a month. We will literally never, ever, ever touch that price point. And again, you want 50 bucks for free? That's five months of membership. All you need to do is go to weonpicks.com slash bets, sign up, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Jakey boy, what? What are you going to tell him? Nothing you said at all. Thank you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you for the rest of our content. Uh, see you guys.